gentlemen welcome back to another brand new episode of the epl boys your home to everything english premier league soccer and just a little bit more my name is matt as always joined by my best friend through the internet jd jd we have survived another work week the weekend is upon us freshly cold beers or at least for us americans who watch uh the epl uh, hot coffee because one of us has to wake up at the butt crack of dawn on Saturday to watch his soccer team play. But, J.D., we've made it. The weekend is here. Yes, kind of it is. Uh, you're listening to this on Friday, probably Friday morning. The weekend is not quite here. We're recording this on Thursday night, so I am dreading having another day of work. But you're kind of right. The weekend is just about here. Um, I'm ready to crack some fucking light beers and watch some Premier League. And you're right. You do have to wake up at the crack of dawn. I had to wake up the crack dawn opening weekend and then and then watch Liverpool draw and then lose twice in a row on a fucking Monday afternoon. So I, I am so happy that Liverpool finally has a 10 a.m. Eastern time slot on a Saturday. I'm so happy. First time this season that they've had a normal ass time. Here we go. So I, I am so excited. Here, you know what? This is a question I'm going to throw to the fans. I'll put it in the Instagram tomorrow. But what would you rather have? Would you rather have... The 10 a.m. Saturday kickoff, the noon Saturday kickoff, or would you rather have the 11 Sunday kickoff? What would you no. rather have? 10 a.m. Saturday or 9 a.m. Sunday, because then then you can plan your whole day afterwards. Like it doesn't because the thing is the 12:30 Saturday game. It's not a bad time, but like that's you know that's lunchtime. So like you, you could you lose a little bit of your day then. But having like 10 a.m. is perfect because you get plenty of sleep. And then you're done by noon, and then you have the rest of your day. I think it's the perfect time. Same with the 9 a.m. on Sunday. I don't know why. I'm a very, very big fan of the noon kickoff because... There's there's nothing nothing wrong with it. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I personally love... Or the 11 on a sat... Like, the 11 a.m. kickoff on a Sunday, because if you go to the bar with your buddies... Well, sure. You can watch the first half, get some beers, and then halftime comes around, and then you can order food. Like... Food, like, you can kind of order your food at the 35th minute, maybe the 40th minute, and that food's coming out right as the second half is starting. That is, like, perfect timing, alignment. Like, I feel like there's no one wants the 7.30 Saturday game. Like, maybe me, because I'm naturally going to be up anyway, and maybe watching soccer with a little, like, a nice cup of hot coffee is going to make me feel nice. But, like... You're insane. It's uh, I I am psychotic I I do I seven seven thirty a.m. games I am still under my covers probably still drunk and just peek, peeking out of my covers watching the games there, there have been times you have flat out just not went to bed like you just oh yeah that is true that did happen recently towards the end of the season last season if if, if everyone forgot I there was a <laughs> night where I just didn't go to bed I I ended up watching the entire Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, my girlfriend was was with me, and uh, she was asleep. And she woke up when I, at seven thirty when I turned the game on. She's just like, "What were you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I just didn't go to bed. I just watched all all three Dark Nights." And um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, that is only for the actual true dedicated. Uh, dedicated. Ninth, yeah. The no. final whistle blew, and I was asleep no. until like five p.m. Yeah. No, I see. I I can't. I I, I really fucking can't. Um. JD's a true warrior. I'm I'm just a simpleton to his. I I am the apprentice and he is the Jedi. Um yeah, so we actually have we'll talk really quickly. The transfer window is starting to come to the very very end. Uh when the transfer window does expire, we might have like a small segment at the beginning of an episode of winners, losers, like we'll talk the whole discussion, but JD, let's start about some big transfer news. Uh we're going to start with Newcastle. We are talking about, yes, Isak coming over from La Liga to Newcastle. About 60 million euros. 
uh, is roughly around the price range. You're talking about a young, athletic, tall Swedish striker. JD, Newcastle, that is an amazing move. Yeah, um, I... It, it's a good move. I, I think he, he Alexander Isak is a great player. He's still super young. He was he was pretty much destined to be to have one of these moves for years now. Because um, I remember when he was on Dortmund, and I forget where he was before he moved to Dortmund. Um, but he he was on Dortmund at a very young age, and then yeah, he's coming. He's well, he's coming from uh, where's he coming from? He's Villarreal? coming from Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Um, I I've, I've I remember him at Dortmund, basically, and I remember he went to Spain. But he's still super young. He's like 21 or 22. Um, he's I, I think it's a good move. The, the one thing I'm going to say with Newcastle, they're doing pretty well with Callum Wilson. So maybe if they can get a dual striker system going, especially now that Joel Linton's a midfielder, and then Chris Wood just being that third striker, I think that's a pretty good stri- – I, I, think, I just think that – I think that's a good forward line. Um, I don't know how they're going to set up because I, I think – I don't think you can take Callum Wilson out of the starting lineup when fit. And I know he sometimes has injury concerns, so this is good. But at the same time, it's like, you're going to have to play both of them. So it's it's a good move. I think it only, it's only good. I don't think it has any downsides. It's a lot of money, but it's Newcastle, and they have the money. So I'm, I'm not too worried. It's not like it's $150 million for a guy like that who's unproven in the Premier League. $60 million, I can see that. Um, for his age and his his ceiling, he has a very high ceiling. Yeah, I uh, I fucking love this move. I absolutely I adore this move. This move is phenomenal. I know Arsenal were linked with him for a very a, a, almost an entire transfer window, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not this last one, but the previous one. Um, Isak is a very good size. He's extremely athletic and he's extremely young. This is an amazing signing. 60 million is a steal. If this guy was English, I bet you he'd go for 100 million. It's this is great. This is great business for Newcastle because now you're serious. You're serious across the board. Newcastle is not doing the whole oh we're rebuilding, oh it's going to take a few years. Newcastle's trying to compete JD right this exact second. And that's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal news. I think that that, like I said, when we do our transfer review episode, that is going to be definitely a talking point of, holy shit, look at how fucking awesome this turned out to be. So we're going to move on really quickly. Uh, A couple pieces of news coming from Manchester United's camp. It looks like the deal for Antony is starting to reach the final stages. Apparently, uh, for those who don't know, Antony, the uh, winger from Ajax, uh, apparently is now officially holding out. He is officially, he's removed himself from Ajax trainings. He's removed himself from games. He is pressuring the club to accept Manchester United's offer of 85 million euros uh and apparently Ajax is very hesitant to accept this, but apparently now Manchester United have upped their offer to 90 million euros. 90 million for a very young Brazilian striker. JD, I will be the first to say, I want Anthony on my team. He's a highlight reel of a player, and I think he will do well in the Premier League, and I like the fact that he's already succeeded under Eric Ten Hag. This is not a new player to him. This is someone who works in the system. But 90 million euros is a lot of fucking money. That is a lot of money for a guy who, and again, I'm not taking anything away from the, you know, the Dutch league. The Premier League is a different league with different defenders and different styles of play. And I don't know about you, JD. I'm I'm very hesitant to be okay with a $90 million transfer. Yeah, he's a good player. 90 million good? I I don't I don't think so. Um I I think I think United is just kind of they they just need to sign somebody and I I think I I don't know how I feel about this because I think there are there are other players of the same caliber that they could get for cheaper. Um but this pre- this presents the Eric Ten Hag signing, you know, somebody he knows they couldn't get Frankie De Jong, so let's go for Anthony. I I don't know. 
it could work out. I, I, who knows? I, I, I have no other comments. Honestly, yeah. that's so so much fucking money for somebody from the Erie Divisi. And it's it's kind of crazy too because apparently Man United is also linked to another forward, uh, Gasp uh, Gasco, uh, from PSV Nijnhoven for almost half the price. So. It, it, I think well, and and Benjamin Sesco from Salzburg. That is true. I mean, they, again, he's I, a really good I, player. I that would be way cheaper. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm not gonna lie here. For the first time in a very long time, I'm confident Manchester United may get one, if not two, more signings before this window is over. It looks like they're still very aggressive to get signings across the board, and that's extremely encouraging for me. But like. Let's not get burned like we've been getting burned. Now, one of the reasons why Man United might be so interested in buying and having no issue spending money is, JD, it looks like Manchester United, it looks like they're about to find a lot of room in that wage bill because apparently Cristiano Ronaldo, apparently from numerous rumors... shouldn't have been that high to begin with. Well... Apparently, because uh, how much are you paying Casemiro? Like three hundred k a week? Like I think it's about that. So he's apparently Casemiro is in the same level as David De Gea, and those are both about three hundred thousand pounds a week. Yeah. Um. Which fair, but still, like, uh, that's gonna be uh like I'm happy Casemiro's here. We never really talked about Casemiro coming to Manchester United because we went right into the game week. Um, I'm happy he's here. Uh, it cannot hurt having a thirty mil, a, like a thirty-year-old CDM. I think the five-year contract is the reason why you got him over in the first place because Real Madrid are moving on to younger players. I like Casemiro. I like his attitude. He seems like a guy who can fit right into the system. Uh, I think it extinguishes the idea of spending money for De Young. I think that deal is probably done, sealed, and not happening ever oh, again. Yeah, Liverpool might get him now. Yeah, well, I mean, that, see, uh, I'm telling <laughs> no, you. No, I don't yeah. believe that will happen, uh, but yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk about it. I'd like, to, I'd like to see someone pursue De Young. The issue, I think, with De Young is no one's going to touch him because Bayern, or Bayern, Barcelona owe him so much fucking money. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's... I think, honestly, hand over my heart, I think the Young's deal could have gone through for Man United if Barcelona didn't offer to owe him twenty million euros. No, he didn't want to get. He didn't want to go there. I I think the I think the wages. I think it literally came down to just the fact that Barcelona owe him so much money. I think that's really it. because you go to another team, Barcelona don't owe you shit. And yeah, I I it's JG Wentworth. It's my money, and I need it now. Um. But apparently, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's agent has been in Portugal now for a few days, ironing out the details of the contract. I have been saying this, JD, for a while. I said, it's a dream move. Cristiano Ronaldo, back to the Portuguese League, back to the team he started it off with. And what he can do now, it's guaranteed Champions League football for the rest of his career. He can retire a legend at the club of sporting. It immediately makes them competitive to win Liga Noche. This is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. There's, there's, There are no losers in this transfer because if Man United can make even a little money back and get his wages off the bill, that's a win. And then if you're sporting, you immediately brought in a top five striker in the world into a league where Cristiano's going to dominate. Cristiano Ronaldo, I love Liga Noche, massive Benfica fan. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to skull fuck that league. Man, he is going to average a goal and a half a game. Like, uh, when the season is done, he might break the goal-scoring record. What, what are you thinking? All I have to say is he'll he'll do anything but go, but go to America and get arrested. So, yeah, this makes sense for him. Um, yeah, that's, that's for, for all of you listening, if you're wondering why he won't go to the MLS, uh, there's a reason he hasn't vacationed in America in a long time. Um, go look that up. But... Um, yeah, no, it's it's probably a good move, uh, a, a step down. Um, I think Cristiano Ronaldo, his production didn't drop off last season, I don't think. I think he was just playing in a much worse team. And this season, I think he wants to leave. I think it's best for the club that he leaves, that it does open up wages. But at the same time, United's wage bill is ridiculous. Like, it shouldn't have been that high to begin with. So, like, I... <laughs> 
I don't know what Sporting are going to be able to offer him, but yeah, it is kind of as you as you've said, like a fairy tale ending to his career. I guess if he if he's there for two years and retires, but I don't know. I also feel like Ronaldo could play for a number of years more, kind of like an Ibrahimovic, but um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He he will probably skull fuck the Portuguese league. Like is is anybody surprised? Like is that gonna make any? He, like he's not gonna win a Ballon d'Or doing that. No, so yeah, no. I, I I don't. He's not. I think those days are over. Yeah. So like I, no. I, I I think I think at this point he's there to get paid and yeah play champ like try and get his Champions League goal record up a little higher so nobody passes him. And, and like I said, guaranteed Champions League football. You're going back to your boyhood club. This is. This is like, and I've, and it's funny I say, like, because I've been saying it's a tap in transfer for a very long time. I even said this back when he was at Juventus. Like, eventually he's going to go back to sporting. Eventually he's just going to just, like, he's going to just expose that league and he's going to just have fun. And honestly, like, seeing it now officially come to the surface, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I think it is a wonderful move. And I'm not just saying that as a Manchester United fan who's happy to see almost half a million pounds a week go off the sky, like off the um budget it is unfair for Manchester United to keep Cristiano Ronaldo on the bill on the budget during a rebuild this is a player when on his day which is most days of the week is one of the best strikers in world football it is unfair that Manchester United is going through a hard transition. New players, new coach, new system. It is so unfair for Cristiano Ronaldo to have to sit here and be a part of that. It's good for Manchester United. It's good for Cristiano Ronaldo. It's going to be great for the Portuguese League because now you're going to get a ton of eyes on the Portuguese League. Those top four, top five games in the Portuguese League are going to be fire. Absolute fire. And honestly, I'll tell you this. It's very hard for me to watch Portu Portuguese League games because, like, the streaming services really aren't there. And I have to get, like, illegal streams. You know, not saying I use those, but I'm saying, like, every now and again I'd have to do that. FBI I bet, open up. I bet, I bet you 100% that if Cristiano Ronaldo moves to the Portuguese League, some form of an American-based streaming service will want to get in on that. And that is good for me. That is good for all parties involved. JD, we have spoken well enough about transfers. Like I said, in the upcoming weeks, once the transfer deadline day hits, JD and I will do a special like 30-minute, 45-minute segment where we just talk about the winners, the losers, big moves, big fails across the board about everything transfer. But JD, it is match weekend. We are going into week four of the English Premier League. I am actually excited. Like... Anytime your team wins, especially a big game, you go into the next week and you're like, fuck, I'm ready to take on the goddamn fucking world. Let's fucking go. So let's start it off, JD. Saturday morning, first game, Manchester United goes to Southampton. I'm going to start this one off. You're coming off of a massive win. You, you, the blood is pumping. Everything seems to be working in your direction. Casemiro has been in training now all week and is expected to be a part of the squad. Not not knowing if he will be in the starting 11, but he is a part of the squad, and I guarantee you'll most likely see him get minutes. And as well, it's a Southampton side that recently is... is it's, it, they've, you know, they're struggling a little bit. Yes, they beat Leicester. They did play a very aggressive Leeds team to start the season, and they did get absolutely smacked by Tottenham in the opening week. So the Saints have kind of been a little all over the place. I just think pound for pound, I think Manchester United is going to come into this game with a lot of momentum off of the Liverpool game, and I just I think United's going to win. Overall, I just don't want to see Man United come into this game automatically thinking they're going to win. Like, that's the key thing. So yeah, that see that's that's my thought process right now with, with Manchester United right now. I I'm afraid they might do that. They they might be riding such a high after beating Liverpool that they're gonna think like, oh yeah, we're 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 back. Like we're back. You go to you go to Southampton right now. That is a kind the kind of game that if you don't take lightly, they could slap you around. 
Look, Manchester United, yes, they beat Liverpool on Monday. They had less than 30% possession. They are probably going to have a lot fucking more possession in this game. Very big facts. It's, Very it big is facts. a diff- much different game. I, 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 I like to think Ten Hag is preparing the right way. Um, I, I, I don't think it's anything about him. I think it's about the players. I, I, with Casemiro coming in, that is that is guaranteed security in front of your defense. Now, the one thing I will say about Casemiro is he is coming from La Liga where he has been babied with some of his challenges. I think early on, he's going to realize he can't do some things he used to be able to do in La Liga, challenge-wise. I, I think he's going to get a couple of yellow cards early on. I, 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 don't, I don't think he'll, you know, come in and just immediately get a red card or anything. I just, I, I think he's going to find out real quick that he can't make some of the tackles that he used to be able to make playing for Real, for Real Madrid. But I, I, I'm going to pick United to win. They should win. I mean, even even without beating Liverpool, they they should win, but they need to be careful because if if they don't if they don't approach this game the right way, where it's a, it's a completely different game from the Liverpool game, I I just I don't know. They after after the Liverpool game, they they to me, they, and I don't mean this as like a bad thing. They just they looked like Burnley. That looked like Liverpool playing Burnley, and. I've always said in the past, it's like Burnley, when they get a lot of possession, they fucking suck because they're they're used to playing with like 25% of the ball and hitting on the counter. And that's what United did. And it worked for them last week. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a completely different game. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick United to win, but I they just <laughs> they, they need a different game plan than what they played against Liverpool. So you're... I, I could not agree with you more if I tried... Southampton will allow Manchester United to have the ball. So it is going to be very, very, very crucial uh, for Manchester United to take advantage like, of, you know... That high line won't yeah. be there. So that, and, and that high line will not be there. And that's exactly it. This is a game where, for Manchester United, I 100% expect the same back four. I expect, you know, I expect, you know, Varane and Martinez to be the center-back pairing. I almost... Maybe because it's Southampton, JD. Maybe I do expect Casemiro to start strictly because I don't think Southampton's going to be like it's going to be a heavy counter attack for Southampton, and I think maybe Casemiro might be the best option. But this is going to be a very big game for Bruno and Christian Eriksen to be able to unlock, like to be able to unlock a defense that's going to sit back. Um, you may Ooh, get Chris- Bruno, Bruno shouldn't be playing this game. Well, but, uh, that's a whole other story. Cristiano Ronaldo may start. I actually think Cristiano Ronaldo may start this game because a farewell. It's not even a farewell. I think he's going to start strictly because he's a striker who can unlock defenses with his movement. You have Martial, you have Rashford, you have Jaden Sancho, you have Anthony Alanga. You have these players who are good in space. They are good running at a defender. They are not the best forwards when it comes to unlocking someone, you know, when they're sitting back and they're absorbing the pressure. This is a game you may get, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo strictly because he can hover around those center backs and cause some problems. So the fans as well, it's a clean sweep. Manchester United across the board. So we will continue and we will see what happens. The next game coming up, JD, Brentford is hosting Everton. I'll have you kick this one off. Brentford all fucking day at home. Everton, I they're they're not good. They're about to lose their quote unquote best player for an unbelievably exorbitant fee in Anthony Gordon um, to Chelsea. I With Anthony Gordon, without Anthony Gordon, it doesn't make them better or worse. I, I don't think he's very good, to be honest, and the fact that it's going for, he's going for that much money just proves that there is an English tax. Um, Everton are awful, and Brentford are pretty fucking good, honestly, for where, for where they should be in the table. They're pretty fucking good. Ivan Toney... Josh De Silva, I, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't say I can't say better words about this Bradford side at home. They're doing well this season. I have them beating Everton all day. And the fans, as well as myself, agree. Uh, Brentford, I think it's the easy choice. Everton is struggling, and uh, Everton just 
And it's even what you said, Brentford at home. Brentford at home is a different level, man. That is like that is that is something special. It's something fun to watch. So we will keep an eye on that one. The next game, JD, two very hot teams at the moment. This actually low key might be one of the more fun games to watch on Saturday. Brighton are going to be hosting Leeds United. Of the fans go first. The fans are going with Leeds United. Of course they are. It is America's team now at this point. Leeds became the Dallas Cowboys overnight. And yeah, America is just backing them. Grind it to a halt, people. Hold on one second. Leeds play with a lot of energy. You may not be watching Brighton, but Brighton as well play with a lot of energy. This game will be fun. This game will have goals. This game will be all over the place. But this game's going to end in a draw. This game is going to be a fun 2-2-3-3 draw. This game is going to be so much fun to watch. Brighton, low-key, are a very hot team. Graham Potter, I think, is at the same level as Jesse Marsh when it comes to intelligence and uh, getting his players ready for a big game. This is a big game, everyone. Like... Look at the table as much as you want. These are two teams that are peaking with great coaches, great strategies. This is going to be a fun game. This is going to be easily probably the best 10 a.m. game for the neutral fan, in my opinion. So, J.D., I'm going with a draw. The fans are going with Leeds United. What are you thinking? Well, I, I found it interesting. Well, I mean, interesting. I know why they did it. Uh, NBC made this game the game that is on USA Network. Uh, rather than the Manchester City Chris Palace game, the Liverpool Bournemouth game, and the Chelsea Leicester City game, I I see I know why they did it. I can, I I know why they did it because um, Leeds United has Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams, and this and you're right, this is probably the best game for the neutral. I'm excited for this. I have to back Leeds here. The form Rodrigo, Brendan Aronson, and Jack Harrison are in right now. I I I can't like I honestly could see them beating anybody in the league. Just based on purely player form and and energy level, I I could see that I I wouldn't bet them to beat a man match like Man City or Liverpool, but like or or Arsenal at this point right now. But I just against Brighton, I Brighton are very good, but I have to I have to give them the edge. I think this will be a very entertaining game with a lot of goals, but this is going to be like a three two or like a four three win for Leeds. I still think it's going to be the game of the week. Whoever wins this, I, it may, yeah, this, maybe this may have the potential not only to be the best 10 a.m. game, but this has the potential to be like the best game of the weekend. Like, because if you're looking at stats, you're looking at schedule, you're looking at everything. I'm not really seeing another big, big matchup on the board. Like, this could be the big game of the weekend. So, it's on USA for a reason. Leeds has taken over America. I mean, you even have random sports podcasts in the United States who never cover soccer talking about Leeds United. Like, it's it's a wave. And I actually I hate that. I actually hate that. Why do you? I hate prefer that? them not to because they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna understand it. Like if, if like but they're a, talking if, if about a, it. If a mostly NFL podcast brings up like, oh yeah, Leeds United, we're all Leeds United fans. America, like, no. baby, we are backing America. Ball, <laughs> e uh. machine guns in the sky, light beer in hand, American flag waving in the background I hate as that, an though. eagle is soaring. America. Yeah, I hate that. Shit. America. That's... Like. Yeah, I, I kind of hate that. Either shit. you that's, get that's on or you get. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's some real weird ideological shit. I, uh, I, I, I'm not a huge fan. You see Team America World Police one time and your entire skew of America changes. No, no, you, no, no, no. See, I've actually, well, I recently watched that, not for the first time. I've seen that. I saw that when it came out. But that movie... It's funny that you bring that up because that's the op that's the opposite. I would use that as a counter argument because that whole movie makes fun of what that of what you just described. That movie is a satirical rhetoric of what we are today yeah. and it's um, scary uh, it's fucking scary <laughs> i i will die on a hill that the dicks fuck assholes uh speech at the end of the movie <laughs> no that is dicks that is what wait, wait what is it so dicks, so, so dicks fuck pussies so dicks fuck, pussies need ass yeah but hold on, yeah i was about to say so oh fuck this is gonna be so fucking bad dicks fuck pussies but dicks fuck assholes, but sometimes assholes shit on pussy, or shit on, oh no, but sometimes assholes shit on everyone, or something like that. I forget the exact quote, but god, 
what a speech at the end of it's the movie. It's amazing. It's life changing. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say the least. Also, film actors guild. That's it. That's how I. Oh, it's that's great. how I'm. Yeah. That's how I'm going to end that entire conversation. All right. So leads for the fans. Leads for JD. I'm gonna say a draw. Moving on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. Oh, he's got it. See, there are three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, and all the assholes want is to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while, because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? you get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. I salute you. Like, he was saying Matt and I was ready to run through a wall. If JD responded <laughs> with, Matt, now I want you to run through a door, I would have taken off my headset and I would have ran through the door in the room I am recording this podcast in. Like, I am ready to go to war for a speech like that. Oh my god. Let's fucking move on. <laughs> god, man. Chelsea great. Chelsea is hosting Leicester City Football Club. Uh, I- I'll go first on this one. Uh Chelsea are not doing great. Thomas Tuchel apparently is on some form of a hot seat. Uh, they don't have a striker. They don't have people who can score. I still think Raheem Sterling is extremely overrated. And yet, I said all that, and I still think Chelsea are going to win because Chelsea don't have one thing. Brendan Rodgers as a coach. I have officially given up on Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is just the epitome of nothing. And yeah, um, yeah, I honestly think Chelsea are going to win. They're home. I think this is the opportunity for a good bounce back. Leicester City are, I think, if I'm not mistaken, sitting in the relegation zone, even though I don't think that matters this early in the season. That doesn't um, matter. If Chelsea lose this game, uh, official Thomas Tuchel, does he make, does he stay coach past Christmas? That's going to be, that's going to be the question if they don't win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with Chelsea. JD, what do you think? Yeah, there are a lot of teams in the league that could take advantage of Chelsea right now. Leicester City are not one of those. Um, I have to go Chelsea here. They are not a good team, but Leicester are somehow worse under Brendan Rodgers right now. So, easy answer, Chelsea. Yeah, uh, the fans going with Chelsea, so uh, I think that's pretty easy and self-explanatory. We will move on. Liverpool will be hosting Bournemouth. J.D., uh, I'm going to let you go first, but I'm just going to say out loud, I think this is the perfect opponent for Liverpool at this point in the season. Yeah, um, it, it, it probably is. Uh, I think Liverpool need to do well in this game. Like the, Coming off this loss against Manchester United, getting two points from the opening three games, they need to beat up on somebody. And I, I'm not saying they're going to beat up on Burnmouth, but at least this is the team to you know have in front of you when you need it most. So I, Liverpool still have massive injuries. Nunez is still on his red card. I, I don't know. I, I I'm hoping they win. They kind of just need to. So I'm gonna pick Liverpool. But you know the way they've started, it's uh, it hasn't been great. But they should do well. The fans going with Liverpool. Myself, I think this is the like I said. This is the perfect tune-up game for Liverpool. You're getting a Bortmouth side who have not looked convincing so far up into this point of the season. Uh, a, a lot of questions to be answered. And it's just, you're Liverpool at home. This is this is big. And honestly, this is where Liverpool have an X factor and not a lot of other teams have. Whether you're winning or losing, Liverpool fans back their players more than I think anyone else in the Premier League. And I think that... Overall, I think this is this is good. This is good. You're going to hear the chants. You're going to have the full crowd. You're going to have the atmosphere, you know. And I think there's just going to be something different in the air. I think Liverpool grab the points, all three points, and I think they do it quite convincingly. So let's move on. Uh, Manchester City will be hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, I'm going to start with the fans first. The fans are going to be going with Manchester City. I as well agree. Uh, I understand Crystal Palace looks very, very good this season so far. Uh, they have been competitive in every game. Uh, I just think Man City, This is they're going to take the struggles they had against Newcastle last week, and Pep doesn't make mistakes two weeks in a row. This is going to be a very... 
I think it's going to be a good game. I think at some points this game is going to be tight, but I think Manchester City are just going to just pop off at some point. I could easily see the goal differential being two, if not three goals at some point in this game. JD, what are we thinking? Yeah, I, I, I think City will win this game. But at the same time, the way Palace have started the season, I, they will be competitive in this game. So I don't think it'll be close. Or, or sorry, I think it will be close. I don't think it'll be a huge goal differential. I think it will be very close. So I'm going to go City by one goal. So I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if Palace pulled out a draw just based on last week. But like you said, Pep doesn't do this twice. I don't know. I, who knows? I, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I could see a draw here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go City win. I can't really bet against them. So. So I mean, we talk about panic. If Man City doesn't get all three points in this game, I, I think even Man City might have to start hitting the panic button. So, let's see what happens. The next game, Arsenal Football Club will be hosting Fulham. JD, I I'll go first, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Um. Yeah, Arsenal are just the best team in the Premier League, and I don't think that stops against Fulham at like with Arsenal being home. I I think Arsenal will win this game. I think it'll be a comfortable win. I think Mitrovic will definitely get on the goal sheet. I definitely think there's at least one Mitrovic goal in there, but I think Arsenal easily, and I mean easily, might grab all three points. So JD, what are we thinking? I'm agreeing with you. Arsenal will probably win this game. They are inform the best team in the premier league and i also agree that mitrovic will probably score and he'll probably foul the defender by as he's scoring and then some people will start talking about it because i've been talking about it all season long he really he 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 mostly fouls defenders to score and it's not talked about enough how how aggressive he is in the box but he does it to a degree where i feel like if it wasn't him it would be called i don't know I, I, th I think he gets a pass because it's him. I don't know. I, I think Mitrovic has not been able to prove himself at the Premier League, and he always starts out well, and he started out well. I think he'll fade off as the season goes. Who knows? He'll he'll probably score, and it'll be some bullshit goal. But yeah, Arsenal are going to win like 3 or 4-1. So. Well, the fans do not disagree. That brings us to our next game. Aston Villa will be hosting West Ham United, two teams that are not flying high at all. West Ham have yet to register a goal this season, three games into the season. JD, I'll have you kick this one off first. What are we thinking? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with West Ham. Um, I don't. I, I honestly don't know, and, and it... I'm hesitant to say that they are on paper the better team than Aston Villa because I don't I don't know if they are based on form. Villa, I I don't know what I'm gonna I don't know what you're gonna get from them. Steven Gerrard, I, I don't think he under he I don't think he knows what he's gonna get from this team. This is this just screams draw. I I, I think this this game just screams draw. One one both goals are absolutely shitty. West Ham gets a. a an own goal and Villa just gets a goal somehow. Danny Ings, maybe. I I don't know. One one. The fans are going to be going with West Ham, which I actually find extremely shocking because I almost thought the fans when I originally make the posts, I kind of have a thought in my head of like, oh, I think they'll probably go X or I'll think they'll go Y. I'm not gonna lie, listeners. I'm I'm pretty shocked you guys went with West Ham. Because West Ham, I mean, it's not even close. They are by far the worst team in form right now in the Premier League. Brian Brian got all of his burner Instagram accounts and voted for West Ham. You know what, man? That's all I can. That's all I can. <laughs> that's all I can think. Brian, I greatly appreciate the follows. Uh, that's 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 highly appreciated here at the EPL Boys Camp. But um, yeah, the fans are going with West Ham. JD, I actually agree with you. I'm I'm actually going with a draw as well. I just, Aston Villa are not good, but they're slightly better than West Ham, but I don't know if that's enough to make me think that they're gonna, they're gonna grab all three points. This is, this is two teams in poor form, not finding goals. I really doubt that this is going to be the game where firecrackers are going to kick off for one of these sides. So we're going to move on. The next game, it's going to be Wolves hosting Newcastle. JD, I'm going first. And this is probably one of the easier games to choose from this week. 
Newcastle are flying. Now, I don't think Isak is going to be in the uh, lineup this week, fresh, or maybe, if anything, if he's there, he's only, like, as a bench, like a substitution, but that's not going to matter. Uh, Wolves have been absolutely carved up this year. Uh, their defense, especially without uh, Connor Cody being uh, on the team anymore, and just this team kind of just looking hollow, it, It's this is... This is not going to be good for Wolves. I, I think Newcastle not only can win, I think that this game might get ugly at one point. So uh, I'm going with Newcastle. JD, what are we thinking? Yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah, Newcastle are going to run riot. The fans. That's yeah. that's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, and it's hard to say because, like, I like Wolves. I like Wolves as a team. It's hard for you to hate. Like, it's honestly... It's hard for you to like another team in the Premier League, especially when you have a horse in the race, but Wolves is such a fun team to support because it's like, how can you hate Wolves? Like, who's Wolves' rival? Who doesn't like Wolves? It's, like, it's sad. It's sad to see Wolves is like this. They have young players, all of which being Portuguese. It's hard to hate Wolves, but at the same time, you feel bad because it's just they're not set up well. And Newcastle... The money's kicking through. Uh, Alan St. Maximum is looking... Uh, dude, your defense is terrified. St. Maximum's on fire. Like, my guy's rocking a Gucci headband, and he's making it work. And it's... This team is good. Newcastle's good. We gotta stop talking about Newcastle of old. This current Newcastle team is very good, and we need to give them the respect they deserve. And JD, just like you and myself... The fans as well agree Newcastle is the way to go. And JD, to finish it off with the final game on... Uh, I don't know if it's... I, I didn't write that down. Whatever. Nottingham Forest is... On Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, okay, Sunday. at 11.30. Yeah. Nottingham Forest is hosting Tottenham Hotspur. JD, I'll let you go first. What are we thinking? Um, Spurs will win this game for sure. I I would like to see some fight at an at a Nottingham Forest. Um, I I think I think it'll be there at times, but I I can't see them beating even at home. I can't see them beating Tottenham right now. Um, Tottenham are looking really good. I they they have form. Forest aren't, aren't looking bad. They just I've said it before. Like they they just have so many new players. They're in, they're they're really just kind of getting their groove together with all their new players. I. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't see this being super competitive. I think I think Spurs will get ahead early. I think Forrest might get one back eventually, but it won't matter. Maybe like a four-one. Yeah, uh, the fans as well going with Tottenham. I as well going with Tottenham. Tottenham are again a team that maybe not a lot of people are talking about because it's so early in the season. But I do believe that we need to start giving Tottenham a little bit of credit. They are a good-looking side. They have good-looking features. And Antonio Conte is a very serious manager going into probably usually the serious season of his tenure when he's with clubs. This is... I think this is going to be an easy... Nothing against Nottingham Forest. I think you'll fight. But yeah, I think Tottenham is going to take this easy. So... Really quickly, give you an update on the points. Uh, the fans are at 12, JD's at 13, I am at 15, so I have a lead, but that means absolutely nothing going into week four. There is way too much soccer. Remember, guys, soccer wins now. It's no longer football. America took it over, so... Uh, oh, God. Yeah, so... Um, Stop that it. Is, that is that. We call it soccer now. Um, all right, let's get into a few fan questions. Uh, we'll start off first. We're going to come from Justin. Justin asks, what is the biggest shock to Leeds' good start this year? JD, you know what? Because I know what it's going to be. Go ahead. You tell me what's the biggest shock to Leeds' success so far this year. I mean, there's no shock. I, I, I knew Brandon Aronson would light up the league. I, I knew he would. Like, I've, I've, I've seen him since he was, like, 18 when he got his first professional... Actually, I think it was 17 when he got his first professional contract with the Philadelphia Union, who was, you know, my MLS team. I've seen him play live multiple times. And then he went to Salzburg, which was a great move, in my opinion. And he got to play Champions League. And it, it, was, it was just... That year and a half that he was at Salzburg was just perfect. And then moving to Leeds, again, I think it's just such a great move. 
having Tyler Adams there now and having Jesse Marsh come in, a coach that knows Brendan and Tyler Adams, actually Tyler Adams even more because he coached him at New York Red Bulls. I, the American influence to, to Leeds is only a good thing for both Leeds and America. I think the U.S. men's national team benefits from having two core players playing together. I think that's one benefit right there. That That's two guaranteed starters in the national team playing together on the same team. Under an American coach that kind of can, you know, help them. So Whatever. But the other thing is Leeds, I, you know, you're coming off of losing Calvin Phillips and Rafinha. You've just replaced both of those players. One, Brendan Ayrton is not... A, I mean, he's not a Rafinha direct replacement, but he is the guy you brought in, you know, after after that. I think he's going to do just as well. T- Tyler Adams now is a direct replacement for Calvin Phillips, and I think he will do just as well, and you just profited like 20 mil. I, I think Leeds have done such great business on field and off the field. In the marketing aspect, they're getting so many American viewers on field they're actually getting such good production from these players as well where i think i think when you look at chelsea with christian pulisic i think part of it was marketing that they brought him in but they brought him in for so much and then they don't fucking play him and i i don't know i don't know what i i I don't know what's like what's going on with the pulisic issues like i i I don't think chelsea's the team for him so I don't think Leeds is either. I think I think he's a step above Leeds. Leeds right now. I think he could play for a for a better team than Leeds. But that would be interesting if Leeds put in a bid. I don't think it'll happen. But I know. I know yeah. United are sniffing around him. Well, online, well, the, yeah, the thing is, is I think the whole like if Harry Maguire becomes available, Chelsea are interested, and then Man United. Why? Yeah. No, Why are Chelsea? Yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly, if you are interested in Harry Maguire in this time period immediately to the nearest psych ward because you are on a different level of su- of some form of a substance I don't want to talk about. Um, why do I think the biggest... I think the biggest shock is just Leeds' players getting on Jesse Marsh's game plan. Um, it's no secret and it's no surprise that in Europe people make fun of Americans when it comes to so- like uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I'm the biggest shock for me. Maybe is not Leeds' success, is the amount of what's the word I'm thinking of? The amount of all in, like the all in value to the fans, to the players, to the culture. They are waving JD um, USA flags at the ground in you know at Leeds' stadium. And they're, I don't think they're Americans. I actually think it's just, like, Leeds, UK Leeds fans waving American flags going, like, that's it. This is our culture. I think it's the buy-in value. That's what it is. That's the words I was thinking of. It's the buy-in value that Leeds, like, Leeds' fans, the players, the entire culture has bought into Jesse Marsh, a, a younger American coach who's, you know, a very unique style of play and it needs a unique style of player. And he got his players. He got the guys he wanted. He took the players he had. He sold his two best players in the offseason and still found a way. I think that's probably the biggest shock for me is just the buy-in value to what the fans, the culture have done for Jesse Marsh and that team. Leeds only need one or two more signings to be Europa League competitive, boys and girls. Let me be very clear. Patrick Bamford's going to come back, lick his lips, because holy fucking shit, if this team gets consistent, you know, love up at the front, holy shit, you're all fucked. We're all fucked, man. If Leeds ever become good, good, we're all fucked. Let's jump into the next question. Uh, The next one is going to be from Dom. Say hi to Dom JD. Uh, with the addition of Isak, do Newcastle become a serious Europa League contender? Yes, absolutely. With teams I, like I think they already were. Yeah, with <laughs> honestly, with teams like Leicester, Wolves, Newcastle. I'm sorry, not Newcastle. Uh, West Ham. You know, Man United is not looking the best right now. And yes, the teams that are kind of hovering in that those positions now, there will be movement. But 
Yeah, I think Newcastle 100%. If Newcastle don't end up in some form of European competition this year, season's been an absolute failure. I'm talking Eddie Howe might lose his job failure. I'm not, like, it, it could get bad if Newcastle don't make any European competition. I think that's not longer, like, a stretch. I think it's now the expectation. Yeah, I, I think Newcastle before the ESAC signing, I, I I think they were making Europa League. So this only this only supports that. Um, I think yeah, you're right. When you look at Wolves, Leicester, and West Ham, to be very specific, those were the those that was the competition really for Europa League, and I guess Manchester United too. But I that's the competition, and they're all f- falling flat at, at at the moment. So. The way Newcastle started the season has been good. Bringing in a very good young striker for the future. Uh, not for right now and the future, I should say. Good right now, and he'll be there for a while. I, I think it's only a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So the final questions this week uh, come from Michael. Michael, thank you again for all the love. Uh, one question to me. Hey, Matt, when you were in Italy, did you buy any jerseys? Um, so... A lot of people don't know this, at least on this podcast, but if you know me from, you know, just talking to me either on Instagram or Discord or whatnot, I have a team in, like, every league. Um, I, I like to have my hand in the basket of every league because for me is I will watch the league if I have some form of investment in the league. And over the years with guys I've played soccer with, with guys I watch soccer with, and just overall, funny enough, um, a listener of our podcast um, runs his own clothing company, and it's a Roma-based clothing company. Uh, I, over the last two or three seasons, have really bought in on Roma. Uh, I, 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 and watching them, especially with them being on ESPN+, Plus, but now this year they're on Paramount. Really watching Serie A, really watching Roma. Uh, I got to follow them through their Europa League conference victory last year, which was a lot of fun. Um we got to be in Rome for a, a very long period of time and unfortunately never getting to go to the stadium. So in Italy, it's not like in other countries where they have tours of their stadiums. They shut down the area around the stadium unless it's a game day. So I didn't even get to go like near, near the stadium. I got to see it from a distance. Uh, they have stores around the city and I was able to, I got myself this year's Roma kit uh, really happy about that. Uh, it's a lovely kit. And honestly, getting it on the Euro is cheaper than getting it here in America. And not paying for shipping is also super fucking clutch. Um, I also toured a few other team stores. For some odd reason, I went. I saw a Juventus store in Rome, which was interesting because it's like, why the fuck are you here? Uh, and then when in Florentina... I got to see uh, a of the Florentina store. Didn't buy anything. Just walked around. Pretty cool. Um, and then for some, and then I got to see um, of a um, what's the uh, team JD? And now it's baffling my mind. Their jerseys are like almost like a designer brand. Uh, Vene- oh, Venezia. Venezia. Yeah, Venezia. Yeah. Venezia. Yeah, yeah. That that has the Americans too. Yes. It has uh, Tanner Tessman and Jean Luc. Gianluca Buzio, yeah. who is American, yeah. but for obviously from Italian descent. Yeah, it, it's um, the jersey with the twenty-four karat gold emblem on the jersey and stuff like that. Yeah, um, they got great. They got fire fucking jerseys. Fire fucking jerseys. They have a security guard, JD. Like I'm talking, I bet. like yeah, to I walk bet. into their store. Literally, I think they only allowed one or two people at a time. I didn't feel like waiting, but I'm looking at a distance and I'm just like. Man, those jerseys are fire. I I was afraid to ask about how expensive the jersey was, because I ha- I doubt they're I doubt they're that expensive, know, but, but yeah, uh, they do look fire. I am I'm I'm very happy. I got my Roma kit. I got this year's Roma kit. I thought it was funny though. As we were leaving Rome, it literally was the same day that they announced the away kit. And funny enough, I think the away kit looks nicer than the home kit. And yeah. I could have literally waited one day, went to the Roma store and bought the away kit, but eh, whatever. Hey, I'm glad I did it. Uh, now I have a jersey for Rome, for Roma, and uh, yeah, up Chris Smalling and Tammy Abraham, up them. And Jose Mourinho. It's so weird how I can't get rid of him. Like it's, <laughs> it's like when he got announced to Roma. I'm just sitting here 
on the couch with a couple of my buddies who are Roma fans, and I'm just like, I can't get rid of this guy. Wait, did you did you get did you get a name on the back of your jersey? So I didn't. I did not. The reason being is the and this could just be selfish of myself. The line was really long to get shit customized. Number one, wow. And, and, and number two, who was I gonna get? Like, uh, I, Mourinho, get Mourinho oh, on the back of a jersey. Yeah, get Mourinho and then one, and it's the special the spe- one. <laughs> oh, um, this is just me saying out loud uh, to everyone involved. <laughs> Make goalie jerseys more available. Like, yeah, they are hard to get. MLS, like, F, Yo, like F, my girl, no, 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 my girlfriend loves the MLS goalkeeper. We all do. Kids. We all fucking do. And you can't no, find no, no. them. She, you can't find them. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. My girlfriend is literally every, I, I brought her to two Philly Union games, home and away. And recently, last weekend, to the DC United away game for Philly Union. And she literally said the entire game, she's like, oh, these goalkeeper jerseys um, are so cool. And I'm like, yeah, you can't fucking buy some, them. Like, sometimes fanatic ha- fanatics have them. Like, the fanatics yeah. sometimes... I, was, I, I had to tell, I had to tell her. Like, you, yeah. you literally... Yeah. I, I, if, I, if, if you wanted one, and I wanted to buy you one, I, I literally couldn't. Yeah. Like, I... Like, dude, all... Goalie kits should be available. I don't even care if goalie kits are ex- more expensive. Like... Oh, they would be, yeah. I don't care. Because it's long... Yeah. Because they're usually I, long I, I don't. But. I don't care. I will pay extra for a goalie kit. This is me, a soccer fan, saying I will spend more money if it's a goalie kit. Every single year, the Red Bull only have goalie kits available for, like, one night. They, like, they put, like, 50 or 60 in the shop. I literally have to see them on Twitter. Like, I get the notifications on my phone for Twitter. Literally, I'll see goalie jerseys available in the bull shop today. The only thing that's telling me is I'm not tailgating. Because what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to park, wait outside a gate, and then the second I can get in the stadium, I run to the shop and buy a jersey. It's never a hesitation for me. You know what's funny? The only goalie jersey, and and my girlfriend, like, literally, has on multiple occasions referenced goalie jerseys, how much she likes them. The only one she said she hated was Carlos Coronel's at the Union Red Bull game that we were at. She's like, I, didn't, I don't like that orange. So, yeah, uh, that's the other thing. Like, like the Red Bull have their goalie jersey available on the website, and I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I don't like the color. So, the like, goalie jerseys come in, like, so, again, everyone here should know, if you don't. Goalie jerseys have to be the one anomaly that can't match either team or the referee. So basically, goalies have like three colors that they can kind of rotate with. The Red Bull have a black goalie jersey, an orange goalie, neon or an black. orange <laughs> or a teal. Like it's like a tealish color. The one at the shop is teal. I don't want a teal fucking goalie jersey. I want give me that black one. Give me that black goalie jersey, and f- I will whip my credit card at you so hard you're gonna have to call the cops because you're gonna assume I just committed assault on you. <sighs> That's the end of my little rant. But yeah, long story short, Michael, Roma jersey, super pumped. Funny enough, I'm actually now, while I'm here in the United States, I'm trying to find someone to customize it with like authentic Syria A print. So, hey, if anyone here knows anyone, I will literally send my jersey anywhere and pay any amount of money to get it printed. So, yeah. Final thing, uh, final question as well from Mike. Now that the Champions League draw has happened, so now officially today, Thursday, the Champions League draw happened uh, for JD. For me, it was just Thursday. Um, I had a really good time on Thursday. Uh, We'll quickly go through all the groups. Uh, We won't go through each, like talk about each group. We're going to talk more about which group the Premier League teams are in and we'll focus on those. So Group A, Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers. Group B, Porto, Atletico, uh, Bayer, Leverkusen, and Club Bruges. Group C, which is now considered the group of death, is Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and Victoria Plens. Don't ask me where they're from. Uh, Group D, uh, Frankfurt, Spurs, Sporting, Marseille. Group E, Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, and Diamno Zarbres. Yeah, I, I know they're like, I think they're like a Russian league team. Uh, Zagreb. Yeah. Real Madrid, uh, F, Real Madrid, uh, RB Leipzig, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, Celtic. Group G, uh, City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. And Group H, 
PSG, Juventus, Benfica, and Marsabi. Again, don't eat. Maccabi Haifa, but um, also Dynamo Zagreb is a Ukrainian team. Oh, well, geez. Um, so I... Russian teams were not allowed in the championship. All right, in, well, in, in, in I am going to get a very hateful message from one Ukrainian who listens to us. Uh, you you might, yeah. you might, and I do yeah, know one, yeah. and I know yeah, you know yeah. one. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to get some hate. Um, all right, so, J.D., we're talking Group A. We're talking Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, and Rangers. How confident are you, J.D.? I'm not going to answer on this. We're talking to you. How confident are you that you're getting out of this group? Um, Look, take form out of the window, like current form in the Premier League. Liverpool usually gets out of their group. No matter the group, they usually just do well. And, yeah, this seems like a decently strong group. I Rangers, I, I think Liverpool can beat Rangers, no problem. But Ajax is going to be strong. Napoli is going to be strong. Ooh, it's 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 a it's a tough group. Ooh, twisted point. Maybe Liverpool want Anthony to go to Manchester United so that their best offensive player has to go to. Uh... I don't think they care. There you go. This is 4D chess right here. Jurgen Klopp wants Man United to sign a player. Yeah, I I don't think they care. I I think Liverpool should top this group. Take form out of the window right now. Liverpool should top this group. With, with no injuries and things like that. We'll see. I think Liverpool, again, tend to get out of their group So in, in recent seasons. So I, I'm going to back them here. It's not the easiest group, but I'm going to back them. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, we're going to have a big conversation like we'll do a champions yeah. league episode down the line yeah we'll we'll do a we'll do an yeah. actual episode about uh, this group d tottenham i uh frankfurt sporting and marseille this is low-key a very good group and i don't know how confident tottenham should be getting out of this frankfurt is a very good squad and consistently always a very above average squad if sporting get cristiano ronaldo that's a factor and Marseille brought in some decent additions, including Alexis Sanchez, in the offseason. I get Group C is the group of death because it's Barcelona, uh, Bayern, and Inter Milan. But Group D might have overall the best one through four out of all the clubs available. That is a very good lineup. JD, I'm not going to lie to you. I think it might be a flip of the coin with Tottenham in that group. Yeah, I agree. I agree that 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 is honestly such a, a well-rounded group. Like I I can't like say like oh one of those teams is obviously gonna lose. Like I no I I can't say that. So I I I feel like Spurs probably should do well in that group, but at the same time, it it is only recently they were playing in the Europa Conference League. So I don't know. They, they didn't win that. So. Well, remember when they just forfeited, didn't show up, and just were like, "Ah, we don't want to do this anymore." Like, yeah. Well, <sighs> now you're in the fucking Champions League, so um, cool. I would have no idea what that means. Groupie, uh, AC Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, and the team from Ukraine, Diamno. Uh, yeah, Chelsea should do fine. I think Chelsea will be fine. I think they. I think honestly, Chelsea. I get maybe this is just me talking out of my ass. I think Chelsea are more than confident enough to win this group. Uh, AC Milan is getting oh. older. They did. They, yeah, and Milan's good. Yeah, though. Milan is good. But I'm. Just, Milan should win this. No, I'm, I, I'm going to counterpoint this. Milan should win this group. Chelsea should should get second here. Yeah, but uh, Salzburg, you know, they lost. They'll, yeah. they'll have fun, but yeah. they'll have fun. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I, I Chelsea should. Chelsea, like Liverpool, Chelsea should at this point. Tottenham may. And then we're going to talk the final team. Group G, Manchester City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. Uh, yeah, Man City should win this group. And I'm pretty sure in the last like two games, they're going to like rotate the kids. Because, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, Holland going to going back to Dortmund that uh, couldn't have, couldn't have been written any better. Yeah, that that storyline, and then you have uh, Louis literally leaving Bayern Munich and then now having to play Bayern Munich twice. Uh, nothing would warm my heart than watching Bayern absolutely destroy Barcelona to the point where like it's just like Mueller celebrating his fourth goal of the tournament of the competition. 
and just watching like Lewandowski getting eliminated from Champions League. That would be really fun. I am all in for that. So, but yeah, just like we said, we're going to do a, um, just like we said, we were going to do a transfer review episode after the champ, after the, uh, transfer window closes, we are going to about maybe a week or two before the Champions League, uh, group stages start. JD and I will bring on a few guests. We'll have some fun. We'll have some drinks and we will go through each group and we will talk about winners, losers, and things along those lines. So we won't hold you to much longer so guys thank you so much again for giving us all the love and support we are seeing it every single day in the numbers in the subscriptions in the increase in followers on our instagram you guys are absolutely fucking incredible remember let's keep the love going share us with a friend that's what i'd like everyone to do today or in the upcoming weeks share us with a friend if you know someone who enjoys soccer or maybe just two dudes who drink beer and just want to talk about sports tell them to give us a shot Worst thing that happens is they tell you you're a fucking idiot because that podcast sucked, but I doubt they're going to say that. But guys, remember, give us some love at the EPL boys on Instagram and make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button on whatever podcast streaming service you are using. And remember, guys, five stars goes a very, very long way. But guys, my name is Matt for JD. Guys, I want you to be safe. I want you to be well, and we will see you guys over the weekend. Peace out. Peace out.